Yo, 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 welcome to the Soul Greatness Podcast, where we help you tune into your soul so that you can elevate your greatness. I'm your host, Romeo Marquez Jr., and I'm super duper excited to share with you my special guest today, my good friend, Terrence Harden. Now, me and Terrence connected at a Jack Canfield event. It's called Breakthrough to Success, and that was 10 years ago. What? 10 years ago? Yep. Time flies. Let me share with you a quick bio of who Terrence is. Terrence earned his way to stardom first as a prominent rapper in the music industry as a main member of Christopher Notorious B.I.G. Wallace's rap group, Junior Mafia, who went by the name of Klept. He is now a top luxury real estate specialist in New York City who has helped A-list entertainment industry professionals and top sports figures to find both residential and commercial properties. He has been featured in the New York Times, on NBC, CBS, and many more media outlets. So without further ado, let's welcome my boy, Terrence Harden. Thank you so much, Terrence, for again on this episode of the Soul Greatness Podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to sh- seeing what you're about to share with the world. Anytime, my man. Thanks for having me. Let's just start from the top, start from the beginning. So, music. How did you get yeah. started with music? Music? Man, I, I was always into music. I grew up musically inclined from, I, I'd say, my dad. He used to play everything when I was little. Ruth Vandross. He played jazz. He played he play everything. Sam Cooke. He played all sort of different music. So I'd wake up to, like, Johnny Mathis playing in the background while I'm sleeping in the house, so Rita Franklin, every everything you could the BGs, like mm-hmm. I'm dating myself, but I was I was a little kid back then. So I, I always heard good, really good music. And then rap music came along when I was younger and I started I started liking it as everybody did. And I mean that's pretty much it. <laughs> so how did you end up like, you know, like starting to rap, like did you, were you just writing your own lyrics? Who were you inspired by? How did you get in the flow of that? And then eventually oh. start creating uh, Junior Mafia and all that good jazz. No, Junior Mafia came, uh, it, it, it's like what they say, that the, the years to become an overnight success. <laughs> so I, I used to rap when I was young, like way back. This is, this is around a little, I remember, EPMD, Rock King coming out, um, Big Daddy Kane, Juice Crew. So I would I would go and make demos. This this is when they only had um it was dats. They had little dats. You'd go to the studio, Funky Slice, downtown, and you'd go and you record your demo and try to get a deal and hope for a deal and try to go to record labels and, and shop your demo. So like I said, this is around that whole EPMD, Rakim era. So I always wanted to become a, a rapper. And then I'd see, I lived, I lived in Flatbush then. So I'd see, I'd see Fly Tide, that was the manager of the Juice Crew. So I'd see like MC Shan, Biz Marquis, Roxanne, Shantae, they'd all be going to his, where, where his family was, like a block away in Brooklyn. I don't think a lot of people. A lot of people knew that Master Ace, he lived not too far from me, so we'd go. So he'd listen to, to our demos, and then I just always, always wanted to get into rap. And then as, as time went on, 
uh, it didn't it didn't go the direction I wanted to. My parents they didn't like it. My dad he was like, oh, that, oh this music, this rah rah boom boom boom. So um, I didn't push it as much, but it, it ended up working out. So so as time went on, I would stop for a little bit, and then I'll start back saying, you know what, I, I really like rap. I want to I want to try again, try again. So flash forward to the early 90s. Early 90s, I actually said, you know what, I'm going to start back again. This is probably like the third, the third or fourth time. So I said, I'm going to start back rapping. So I started writing, started writing. This is when, when Nas was out. Nas was coming out, just coming out. Ain't hard to tell. And, and Biggie. Biggie was just coming out. I think he just had party and bullshit. And I was like, wow, these, these guys are dope. So everybody was exciting me. So I was like getting back in the flow. This time I was in the streets. So I started back writing. And then I ended up going to a Grammys after party. This was mid, this was 94. I would say I went to the Grammys after party with friends of mine. And I said, I told them I was actually sick like a dog that day. And I said, look, tonight I'm going to this party. So we all went, let me backtrack. So we all went, we all smoked weed. Everybody smoked weed back then. So we went to St. John's and Nostrand. That's when they had dime bags. So we went and bought dime bags of weed. So I was sick like a dog and I hated smoking if I was sick. So all day I was sick, but I was like, damn it, I got to get to this granny's party. So I went, drove, I had my own car. We, and my, my friends, they had cars too. So we drove to the weed spot. I bought a, a, a couple of bags of them. I think maybe one bag, because I was like, I'm not going to smoke too much. I don't want to get sick. <laughs> so yeah, they bought weed. We all went to the party. So everybody's there. Wu-Tang is there. Mind you, I don't know any of them. Wu-Tang is there. Brand Nubians. Um, let me see. I forgot. Just a lot of people. There was a Grammy in the tunnel. In the tunnel nightclub. So now I'm in there and I'm like, I told them before my friends left and they started walking around because I was sick. I said, I'm going to smoke this, this bag of weed with the person that's going to put me on in the music industry. So they looked at me like, oh, I said, no, nah, I'm going to smoke this with the person that's going to put me on in the music industry. So mind you, so I went and sat in the corner, in the club, in the corner, sick. And then I'll get up occasionally and walk around and I'll see... This person, I'm like, Dad, I should go rap to them. So I'm trying to figure out how do I go and rap to them. So I, I look, I see Grand Newman, I see you, I see this person, that person, and I'm all night, I'm looking, and my friends are coming around. They smoked all of their weed. So they're like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you holding on to the weed? Give me the bag, give me the bag. And I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm smoking this weed with the person that's going to put me on in the music industry. Next thing you know, the lights come on. The party's over. Party's completely over. I still got my bag of weed. I didn't rap to anybody, and I'm like, holy smoke! So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep this clean. So I'm gonna keep this PG. But um, I, I started freaking out. I'm like, oh man, yeah. What am I? So now I'm ready to rap to anybody. The bartender, the DJ. So I'm looking around, looking around. So I walk around and I go to the to the exit and I happen to look up and I see Biggie, notorious Big, Biggie Small. I I like calling him back then. 
So, and everybody did. So I see Biggie Small. So I'm like, oh, wow, that's Biggie. So I said, wow. So I said, you know what? So I approached him. And I'm going to say the clean version of what I said, but you can put two and two together. So I knew, I knew from the hood that he was looking for artists from a friend of mine in June. He was like, yeah, Biggie's looking for artists. You know, he's thinking of starting poop. So I heard that through people that I knew. So I was like, perfect. So I approached him. So I said, hey, Little Biggie, my name is my name is Clep. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm the nicest blank that ain't out. N-word. I said, I'm the nicest that ain't out. So he looked. And and ironically, he looked, he said, yo, I believe you. In my mind, I was like, he don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but I approached him. So now I started telling him, yeah, you know, such and such. I live over here. I'm on Franklin Avenue. I live in Flatbush. And I start giving him the whole spiel. Then I heard him saying, because it was Little C's there, Bones Malone, who, who was, who's a big writer. Everybody who knows who knows hip-hop history and, and publications about about hip-hop, they know who Bones Malone is, graffiti artist too, very, very iconic guy. So it was Bones Malone, Little C's, Cheek Del Vec. So Big was trying to leave the tunnel. So I heard him saying, you know, we're gonna get a, we're gonna go catch a taxi and go get something to eat or something. Remember, he was just coming up. I, I was like, okay, perfect. This is my shot in my mind. So I'm not, but all these thoughts are happening like rapid fire. So I'm like, yo, y'all going to Brooklyn? I got a car, I'll drive y'all. So he's like, oh, you driving? I was like, yeah, I'm driving. But little did he know, like I said, I had a different lifestyle than when I was younger. But I was driving a, a Q45, which is like a, was like a Maybach back then so I had I had the Q45 brand new I just probably had it for about two weeks and I'm in there I'm like DK and wide out jewelry so he knew so he knew something like my style was there so he knew like this guy's about something so me I played it smooth I didn't tell him what I was driving I said oh I'll drive you guys so he said well you got a car I said yeah I'll go pull it up meet me in the front <laughs> so <laughs> I go get my car and I jump in the car. Like I said, it was crisp, like crispy. So I'm driving up the block and as I pull up to the tunnel, everybody's looking, everybody's looking, you know, looking at wow, face, wow, nice car. So I look and I see Biggie and then look at me and their eyes look like, holy, that's what he's driving? <laughs> so I pull up and he gets in the front seat and we just parked in front of the tunnel. So we're sitting there, so we're just sitting there starting, everybody's coming out looking, oh yeah, look at Biggie, yeah, oh yeah, and we're just sitting right in the front in the Q45. The next thing, my boys come out. Because remember, we all drove separately. So my boys come out, and they look, and they see my car, and then they look in the front seat, and they see Biggie. So they're all like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, dude, this dude did it. It's crazy. I ended up, we ended up going to Chelsea Diner to eat, and I still had that bag of weed. They didn't even have CDs yet, did they? No, I think they, they just had tapes. They were just transitioning into CDs. So he took us to, to grab breakfast at Chelsea Diner, bones all of us, sees. So when we got back in the car, I actually played Soul, Souls of Mischief, Made Never No More, Souls of Mischief. I played their song 
Never No More on the tape and rapped everything I had over a song while other rappers were rapping. <laughs> and, smoked, and smoked the blunt and just kicked everything. So I, I started talking, rapping about clothes and, and name brands and like all sort of like stuff. And he just was like, yo, yo, I, I like your style. Hit me up, you know, hit me up tomorrow. Let's connect. And then after that, we started connecting and, and being like, I was the oldest one in the group. So we, we would move around to places where they may not let, let certain people in because of the age. So me and him, we just became really, really tight. And we just started and going all through the city. Like we'd go to Queensbridge, pick up Nas, or we'd go in the city and park in the ready and Tupac's visiting. We'd, we'd go hang with Tupac and, and it's a lot. Like there was a lot, a lot of history. We were, we were super tight, but like I said, in those times, I had a different lifestyle, so my mind was set more. You know, I wasn't a businessman yet. I was more on the streets because I had a lifestyle and I had to keep up. And I was, I just was doing my own thing, which is why I couldn't go everywhere that he wanted me to go. Like he wanted me to come on tour, but I'm, I'm like, I'm supporting myself, so I had to do what I had to do. But um, we, we did, we we did a lot, a whole lot. There's stories, stories for days, stories about Tupac, stories about Jada Pinkett, stories with Nas, like, it's like, you know, on and on. Let's talk about, you know, Big real quick. You know, a lot of people obviously know Big and appreciate Big, but you working with him and being very close to him, being his, like, right-hand man, pretty much, what did you learn from him or appreciate about him that you still apply or think about till this day? He was gifted. Like, Big, he he loved the challenge. Like, if that, and that's what I look at, like, with, with the errors. Like, I wish, I wish, like, I think, because he passed away closer to when Eminem was, was coming out and stuff like that. I wish, Big, like, if somebody's like that, that great lyricist, Big will try to figure out, like, you know, no, I got to come in. And, and uh, it, it just, like, he always tries to, not in a bad way, one-up, but he tries to, okay, well, I, that's, that's keeping me on my A-game. I got to step it up. Like, if you look at what he did with Bone Thugs and Harmony when he was in their song, not that he really one-upped them, but he, he, he went in, like, like he was part of the crew and just said, okay, just how you want to spit it? Okay, we're going to do it like this. All the dangerous thing, and it just went off. So big, he, he lets other great rappers influence his growth let's talk about junior mafia real quick what was it like you know being a part of that you know crew and you know the lessons you learned to take your you know success to the next level right it was it was it was crazy because it, we we had a we had a great time but everybody was young so unfortunately, we got jammed up like in the whole, like everybody back then, in like the bad contracts and this and that. So I was the one I didn't want to sign the contract because I knew it was crap. So, but there, I was like, you know what? I, but I was so young, I didn't. I thought I had it mapped out, but I really did it. I was like, okay, well, because everybody was like, come on, come on, clap, sign the contract. You holding us up? So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not signing this. Like, I'm not. I, that was my. I'm like, yo, I'm not signing this. And then 
like weeks so I was holding up the contract a lot. So even the label like, yo, he's not signing, he's not in the group, they're like, yo, come on, what's going on? We, we wanna we wanna get out. We wanna I said, yo, this is crap. So I said, you know what? I caved to the pressure and I said, you know what I'm gonna do? All right, screw it. I'm going to sign it, and then I'm going to go in it and wrap my ass off, and then I'm just going to leave out after and blow up. Thinking like, okay, it's that simple. I'm going to just get in and just wrap and then just go. And when I signed that, the label ain't even really focused on me the way. That, I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't think <laughs> of, of everything. So a lot of people, they say, yo, Clep, you, you, were, you were the dopest one lyrically. In the group, how come they push your album? How come they? No, they were pissed off at me. Not not the not necessarily the group after because we got out. I mean, we had our we had our our friction because I was always a self maintained person and I always I was always in a good place. But the label of itself, they were like, oh, so you you, you try to put us through all of this, and then you think we just gonna just throw you like so so. I, but it, it was learning, and it made me. To flash forward to now, made me want to be in a situation to to be able to control my destiny, which is good, which is what I like about where I'm at as a businessman now. Like, if I were to mess up, it's just my fault. So that's why I try to make sure that I don't mess up, but then I put myself in a position to launch in the right direction. But but that that that's what I learned. Like, always try to, try to put yourself in a position where you can control your destiny. And somebody else is not. And so, speaking of destiny, what would you say is the most difficult decision you had to make so that you can pursue your destiny? Oh, it's kind of crazy. I, I was, I, I don't even know if that was the most difficult one, but it was a difficult one. I was, I was married. I was married, and I, 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 I my son was two. He's eleven now. And I was trying to work everything out. And I, it's, it's funny because I got married fast. I got married fast, and I, I take responsibility for my marriage not working because I was at that point when I left the music industry. I was still very much hood, and I left the music industry, and I was trying to find myself. So I was like, "Damn, what am I going to do? I'm not in music. I can't deal with these guys. They're messing up contracts. This is like early 2000s. I'm like... I'm, they're messing up contracts. I'm, I'm just. I'm, maybe I'll be a sanitation person. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. I didn't know. I was at that 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 point. Like this is the line. I'm, I'm here rapping. This is the line. Okay, pivot to a whole different direction. And then I met my son's mother. So I was rushing. I was like, you know what? I'm not dealing with any more of these industry groupies. None of this street stuff. Now I'm like out. <laughs> So I met her, and she was she was a Harvard she had a Harvard master's like the, the she's actually from from the Bay so so um, I was like okay I, I got a plan you know what I'm, now she's gonna be alright I'm gonna come in I'm gonna be the great guy but I was still had that mindset <laughs> from back then like this Terrence right now maybe maybe it would have worked out but back then I I was I he was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't where I'm now. So, so I take responsibility for that. So, for me, I, I filed for divorce in joint custody of my son. So I think that I, I, at that time I felt like it was a necessary decision, 
but um, it was it was yeah. So it was diff- it was difficult and necessary. I felt at the same time, and that was a learning a learning experience. And like I said, I, I was just at a, a pivotal point. And then the reality of it was the market had crashed. I had just got into real estate. I had one good year. I was flat, pretty much flat on my face. After after when the market just, I just got into business, and I'm just so I was like, wow, I gotta go at this and figure out. And it actually made me stronger. So it was a difficult difficult decision. So it made me stronger to grow to where I'm at now. So So as I mentioned in the very beginning, in the introduction, um, we connected at Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success. And he teaches these success principles and me and you connect, you know, that was in back in 2010. That was about nine years ago. And we still hold each other accountable for the different goals and aspirations. Why are goals important? I feel goals, goals are important. I guess it's, it's specific to the individual, but then I, I guess everybody has goals, be it a good goal or a bad goal. Goals are good because you have certain things you want to accomplish in life and as you go on and accomplish it it'll help you grow and get to the go to the next thing so goal, goals are always goals are always good and challenges always good because just to go back to that story like i said the market crashed i was down and i, I was like yo i got it's 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 sink or swim right now so i gotta do this so i gotta make sure i'm a top agent i gotta make sure i learn the crap i gotta make sure i because real estate, real estate sales, it's a, it's a commission-based business. Like, you don't, you don't get that steady paycheck unless you're an assistant or something, and then you have to learn, so. Yeah, no, but I think that is important that you, you, you just brought up. Challenges are important in the pursuit of the goal because those challenges are really shaping your character or building your character or, you know, revealing your character in the yeah. process. You know, and, and it's also a wake-up call to go harder, as uh, yeah, Terrence likes exactly. to say. You know, exactly. And 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 sometimes, sometimes people don't want to face the challenge. Like nobody wants to to wake up tomorrow to some big catastrophe. Correct. <laughs> and you're like, but if you look back, like I was looking back at a couple of catastrophes, and I saw how much it catapulted me after, like things that you. Would you situations that you were unfortunate, but you were forced into, but it helped you to just shoot in a different direction. It also reminds me of of what we were talking about the other day, last week, when I said my my new thing I'm trying to force myself to do. I am going to force myself to do. I should say is doing the things that make me really really nervous that I know I'm supposed to do. Like. I really don't want to do this, yo. Why? Yeah. But just try to condition myself to do that. So, yeah, that's something. That's something good. Right. So there are many success principles, as Jack talks about. And in your opinion, what would you say are some of the top principles that are important to know when pursuing a specific goal or pursuing, you know, your destiny? It's, it's one of one of the things that that always stands out. And it's funny you brought it up. I can't remember if he listed it as his principle, but I know he he adamant about it. I was telling somebody on my team, because I have a real estate team, 
that I run with Compass here in the city, I was telling her, I said, you always have to ask. Like, don't be afraid to ask. Yep. And if it's one thing that always resonates, Jack is like, yo, ask. Yep. Keep just ask, ask, ask. Let's say you 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 bet you, you have a stronger chance asking and somebody saying no than not asking. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? You may ask and somebody may say yeah, or you, you plant a seed for the future. So I think that that's one of the, the strong things that's just stood out. That is definitely one of the principles uh, that Jack brings up, and it's called that chapter is called ask 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 another yeah. <laughs> another thing that i've heard around that is you know don't be afraid to be an asshole <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid to be an asshole and and that goes back to your story with big like you had this opportunity you had this vision you knew you were going to make it happen right. and you eventually asked or approached him and you did what you are continuing to practice now doing something that makes you scared and nervous because you know, that's going to propel you regardless of what the outcomes are going to be. You took the initiative to just make it happen. You do that. You did that back then and you still apply it till this day. So that's dope that you still uh, practice it. Let's talk about our morning ritual in a nutshell. What's your morning ritual? Well, first of all, why is a morning ritual important to you? And uh, what is it? Yeah, I, I, I love morning rituals. And what I what I noticed sometimes, because there, there, there have been times where I, I'd be in my zone with the morning ritual, and then I'll stop. Or sometimes you fall off, but then you got to pull yourself back. So for the for probably like maybe two plus years, I've been pretty consistent with, with my morning rituals. But I feel like it's an important way to start to start your day and set you up for the day. But the challenge that I was having before is that my morning ritual was, I was finding it time consuming. And sometimes you, 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 you don't, you don't kind of get to the point with it. You just get, and then next thing you know, it's like, wow, I'm already into the day and, and I didn't even really, really launch out. So what I've been doing now, which is crazy in a good way, I've been going to bed earlier. My morning ritual, aside from exercising, is about 90 minutes. Like there's meditation, there's reading, there's visualization, there's writing down goals, and, and that takes time. Let's say hypothetically I wake up at 7, it's taking it to 8.30, maybe 8.45, because like I said, sometimes it's, it's, there's, there's extra minutes that get tacked in. Then I don't even exercise yet. Then I'm already at, at 10 o'clock. Then that means now I'm in the office at like 11, 11.30, 12. So, so for, the past, for the past two months, I would say, I've been doing the 4 o'clock thing at least four to five times a, a week, not, not on the weekend. And, and I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm loving it. My ritual consists of, like I said, First thing I do when I wake up, thank God for the day. Then I, I pray, thank God, pray, do some visualization, do incantation. I do gratitude. Yeah, I do, I do gratitude. And then I, I write I write goals, do the meditation. But uh, something else that I've been thinking about, because more than just the mind, your body too. So I, I, I take probiotics. 
uh, drink probiotics with with uh, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and water. Just just room temperature water. Take that, and then then after that, green tea, and then no no sugar, no 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 um honey. And I just do my try. I'm trying to keep everything together and keep consistent with it. And I'm seeing a lot of a lot of great great results. Right. It's all about serving yourself, serving your soul before you serve the rest of the world. You know what I mean? I, I think it's also important, like you said, if you plan on doing a morning ritual, like what time works for you or what are some of the things do you have to do so that you feel fulfilled for you? It's like 90 minutes plus an hour working out for others. It might be 30 minutes or 20 minutes. So I think for those that are listening, find what works for you because everybody's different. But like you, I, I have, you know, somewhat of a long morning ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's long. <laughs> you look, you'd be like, wow, two hours? <laughs> but I mean, it's good and it's worth it. it exactly. It's worth good. it. Yeah, it keeps you sharp. Sometimes you can tell people and explain to people and they, some people may jump on board or some people may not. So, and, and I talked about this and I talked about this with multiple people. I said, hey, I don't try to force what I do on, on, on people because it's totally up to them. And I said, that's why they call it self-development. Because the, I feel like the person themselves, they, they have to want to do it. And that's when it's easy. But like I said, when I first got involved in, in self-development years ago from Tony Robbins on um, Get the Edge, I, I was excited. And I was just like, yo, you got to do this. Yo, yo. I lost like 30 pounds, I swear to God. In one month, yo, this is what I, you got it. And then the people like looking at me like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, damn, all he's doing is talking about this. Like, he's trying to like push this on us. Then as I elevated within my knowledge of, of self-development and what it all takes, I started realizing, having those epiphanies, like, you know, you can't really just, self-development is for the people who want to develop themselves, period. That's what, that's what it all boils down to. So you talked about praying in the morning. What's your personal prayer? Well, I, I pray. Like I said, when I wake up, I, I thank God. I read, I read passages from the Bible. My, my parents are very spiritual. So for years, they, they give me the little daily word. They, they, they give me the daily word, the little daily word books. So I read the, the passage for the day. And it's funny, my, my son, he has a little bear. We call it prayer bear. His grandmother, my mother, gave it to him. <laughs> gave it to him. He must have been three. Now, this bear had just stayed with him. So before that, when you squeeze, it goes, our father, who art in heaven, hallelujah. So I, I'm like, before he goes to bed, I'm like, hey, we're prayer bear. Time to say a prayer. So we say a prayer together before he goes, he goes to bed. So I never forget one time. I was doing laundry, and then when I took stuff out the washer, the bear was in there like soaking wet. <laughs> so it was soaking wet. So I was like, "Wow, wasn't working." So now for like a month or so, bear wasn't working, and all of a sudden, I'm in the house with him one day. We just hear in the background, "Our Father who art in heaven." So something happened, and then the bear started working. He started laughing. 
So, um, yeah, prayer, prayer is important. Like I pray, I pray multiple times a day. I pray before I leave my house, pray before I go to bed, pray when I wake up. And I, I, I thank, I thank God for a lot. And it's always a lot of, a lot of gratitude yeah, for the blessings. Cause I came a long way. So hundred percent. When do you feel God's presence? I want to say all the time. If I, if, if I'm reflecting on it, yeah, like, like it gets to the point where you can make yourself feel like, like some sort of, I wouldn't call it a chill, but like, it's like you can, it's like you get to the point where you can command a feeling of, 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 of I would say, holiness within you, if that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. yeah Cause God's always present. It's, yeah. it's just, when are you going to tune into it or when are you going to pay attention to it? Cause it's always <laughs> there. You know what I mean? So what do you know for sure? As far as I'm just going to leave it very general. What do you know for sure? That life, life is great. Life is meant to be lived and there's a lot of opportunities out there. And like I said, if you could embrace the challenges and, and there's downsides at times, but life as a whole is great. So if you try to look at it from, from that perspective, it can help a lot when you may be in a situation that might have put you, made you feel down or made you feel messed up. You, you can you can pull yourself pull yourself out of it. In your opinion, what would you say is the secret to a happy life? In my opinion, the secret to a happy life. In my opinion, <laughs> your <laughs> opinion. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot. Like, like me, I love, I, I love, I love living life, and I, I like, like people always say, "Why do you say this?" Because I mean, I do. I like making money, and not to be like, "Oh yeah," because I feel like it, it, it helps me. And I explain that to my son too. Like, I'm like, "We live in a great house. Guess what? It takes money to do that. You may want to do something." You may wanna, you may wanna travel. You may wanna experience the world. Not saying that it's mandatory, but me, I, I love to, I love to do that so I can enjoy life, so I can help others, so I can be, be an example for people that where, where I came from, where they may not see the opportunity to elevate themselves. So, yeah. So I, 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 I like, I like, I just like life, man. Life, life is like, I'm very happy. Like I walk. The way I walk, not like I'm in there walking like George Jefferson or anything in my office, but people comment like, wow, you walk like, I walk because I'm sitting there thinking that I have an amazing life. And I, like when I sit back and reflect on my life, I'm, I'm happy. Like I, I've done a lot. Like I, I wanted to become a rapper. I became a rapper in the top rap group. I wanted to become a real estate agent. I came, became a, a, a prominent agent in top real estate firms as an African-American in an industry that was that's not dominated by African Americans in 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 the neighborhoods that's definitely not dominated by Africans. So I'm like I'm like man I'm just and, and, and it's not like I, I I'm gloating. It's just like I just feel good. Like like sometimes you you can make yourself feel good about what you're doing. And I know where I came from. I know that my lifestyle is a complete 180. So um like I said I'm in, I'm enjoying life. I love, I love life. Of course, I have an amazing, amazing son, amazing career. Yeah. 
Yeah, you pointed out a few things. So, you know, the secret to happy life is making money. And I think what's important behind that is in order to make money, you add value. And by adding value, you are, in your case, you're helping people get homes, sell their homes so that they can create a greater home or build a better home for whatever situation that is. So you're helping families out and so forth and so on. So that's a beautiful thing. And of course, providing for your family. Another thing, another thing you brought up was, you know, you have this like pep in your walk, like you come into this office, like with that extra swag in that walk. And I a hundred percent think about why that is. And a big part of it is because there's that morning ritual aspect because it's right. your it's your inner world that creates the outer world. You know what I mean? I'm like in my bubble and I'm I'm feeling good and I'm just thinking and you're right. Like I think about helping people. Like I have a client, Marie. She she was diagnosed with cancer, so she had to go get treatments. And she's like, Terrence, I know you've been helping me with with the property and making sure I get new tenants and this and that. I said, look, you you. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything for you. Like this, this, like I do, like for my clients, I also do almost like, not, I wouldn't say a, a, a concierge, kind of like a property management. And I don't charge my clients that. So so just to be clear, like I, I love making money, but I love like like dedicating. I, lo- I love my profession. So I love helping people. Exactly. Helping comes a lot. And that's what helped me get to where I am. Just doing things on the strength of, of helping. So, and I felt good. Like I felt good about that. Like right now she, she almost looked like she was in tears. Terrence, I don't know how I would have did this. You helped me. You, 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 you navigated, you helped get the contractors in. You helped me navigate, negotiate everything with my old tenants to make sure that they, I got the keys. I got, I said, don't worry. I'll take care of everything. And, and I don't ask for a penny for that. Like I just, I, and I do that with a, almost, every situation that arises and and i've seen benefits not that i was looking for benefits from it but i've seen benefits from it with the clients being so impressed like wow like this guy did all of this and and i just go on and move to the next person to try to help too so it really is it's the law of reciprocation you know it it comes from a heart space and again a principle that i want people to take away from this, especially if you're trying to build a business or make money is if you want to make more money, help more people, you know what I mean? And go above and beyond in your profession. And that's another thing which I didn't mention. You know, I I read a lot of books. You know, we always talk about books. Right. Um, I've been doing a lot, a lot of good books. So yeah, knowledge, just gaining that knowledge and knowledge about your craft too. So so that it it becomes effortless. To, for you to, to excel at what you do because you, you've done loaded yourself up with so much knowledge. And, and that's like something I was discussing with my son's mother um, because I, I, I recently, like I said, he's 11, I decided to make sure that he gets a tutor. Like I never had a tutor when I was young. My parents, they, they weren't that fortunate to be able to provide me with that, but I feel like I'm in a position and once again, if I didn't make money, I wouldn't be able to do that. So... I got my son a math tutor so that he can, he, he, he's good, very good at math, but I want to make sure that it becomes effortless to him so that when, when things, he, he should be a little advanced and, it's, and he's not challenged 
so that it can become simple because repetition is the mother's skill. So, you know what I appreciate about you, Terrence, and I don't think I've ever told you this like straight up. But number one, I appreciate you as a hustler, as a businessman, and what you do in your hard work. Uh, number two, I appreciate our friendship and our just like random conversations and just checking uh, in with each other. And what I really, really appreciate about you is that you're a really good father to your son. You are an amazing father to your son. Like all that you do is pretty much for your son and to provide for family. And it's I don't know if it's something that's been acknowledged a lot, but yeah. if I haven't expressed that, I just want to say thank you for being an amazing father to your son, man. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I, I pretty much live vicariously through him. All the things <laughs> I couldn't do when I was young, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want an electric scooter here? <laughs> right. All right, let's get into some rapid-fire questions to wrap this up. So just answer with the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He started laughing. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Describe yourself in three words. Ethan, amazing, <laughs> and dope. What's your favorite word? God. Mm. What's your least favorite word? Hate. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Light. What turns you off? Hate. What's one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Mm, damn, I received so much. Oh. Just give me one. You can't catch a whale swimming in a creek. Fishing in a creek, sorry. You can't catch a whale fishing in a creek. What's one of your favorite quotes? One of my favorite quotes is my quote. When deciding between two or more things, always pick what's most beneficial towards your ultimate goal. Mm, that's good. What's a book you'd recommend to the listeners? Oh, God, man. Yeah, you know how many books just popped into my head when you said that? Can I give three? Like, Go ahead, give three. Um, I really like Ray Dalio's Principles. I like, I like that book. There's so many. Like, I still love Jack Canfield's book. You know, I always got to plug him in. Yeah, the success <laughs> principles. And one more. Anything. 10X. I like Relentless by Tim Grover. Uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? I wish I would have gotten into self-development <laughs> earlier. Which is good. I, I appreciate it now, but to, to learn it. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? As a... a Good person, genuine person, person that, that broke barriers, kicked down doors, and, and a, as a good role model to people. Last words of advice to those listening that are trying to reach a goal or are going through something or trying to break through to the next level. Do the things that you know you're supposed to do. Don't be afraid to do the things that make you nervous if it's going to be beneficial. Don't stand outside a bank nervous and say, you know what, I'm going to go and get myself in trouble. No, the things that, that are positive 
that you know will affect your life in a positive way, but you may be nervous or scared to do it or, or even lazy or what you deep down inside know. It's like what I said, when decided between two or more things, always pick what's most beneficial towards your ultimate goal. That goes for everything. That goes for if you're going out on a date and you have two choices. Which person is most beneficial? If you're, at the, if you're ordering food, or should I order this or that? What's most beneficial? Oh, should I go here or should I, do I, should I go here? What's most beneficial? I felt like that was the key to life. Like if you think, because it covers everything. That's why I like it. Like it covers every single aspect of your life. When deciding between two or more things, just pick whichever one is most beneficial. It's hard to do, but if you can, I'm not saying I mastered it, by the way, but if you can remind yourself and force yourself to do that, it's set. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Terrence. I appreciate you. You shared so much. And, and again, it's always an honor and a gift to, to be yes. with you and uh, always converse with you. And uh, we'll connect soon, bro. Definitely, definitely. I, I think I'm going to be on your end before you're on my end. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. From the west to the east, the east to the west. That's how we roll. It's time. Go harder. Exactly. Looking forward to seeing the outcome. Peace.